Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, I want to, again, thank all of you for the condolences, for all of you who were able to make it to the Memorial Sunday. Uh, My family and I were really blessed by your presence there. It was uh, a difficult but a good time. We feel that it honored my mom uh, in a way that we wanted to. And so, again, we're grateful for all of you who were able to make it. And I know a lot of you were not able to make it, uh, but you have given us the condolences and support even still, and we're grateful for that. Um, there are some bookmarks in the back that we had at the memorial service with my mom and her favorite scripture. They're welcome for you. I know some of you couldn't be there, and some little cards that we had there as well. And I know that we are not the only ones who have lost someone in this season. I know it's a difficult season when we lose the people we love. This was a season where she would shine and she would wear us all out. Uh, She would just be constantly calling Corrine at 10 o'clock at night and saying, do you want to go shopping? I got to get a couple more things for the kids. And Corrine would be like, you know. But she'd have to go because Nana, you, got, you can't let Nana down. Um, but that was her endless energy, and uh, we miss her at this time. And I know many of you also are grieving the loss of those that you love at this time. And my heart goes out to you. I know more than ever what it's like at this time, and it is hard. Uh, but we do have hope, and we continue to move forward. And so let's pray. God, as we step into this season, Lord, we know it is a season of emotion, joy, as well as sorrow, Lord. There are a lot of things going on as families get together. And I pray, Lord, that in the middle of all these things, that your love in us, through us, for us would be evident. It would be felt. It would be seen in the things that we say, in the way we conduct ourselves, Lord, uh, you would be honored and that we would allow this season to be a time of healing, even for the hurt that we feel and the things that we go through, that we would remember, Lord, that this season is about restoration, the restoration of all things, and that includes us and our pain and the things that we go through. Lord, I pray that you would continue to Reveal yourself to us that you would continue to demonstrate in our lives your love, your goodness, your power. And look, God, that we would continue to grow in this life with you. And I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for the family that I have and the friends that I have and the support that is here. We are so grateful. 
And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I know my cousin who shared at the memorial was just so blessed by all of you. She said that she felt like you guys knew her already just through all those things. And isn't she amazing? She's just so uh, incredible. Uh, And she says next time she's here, she'll be here. And so I know she'll get loved on while we're all here too because she's just an amazing person and was such a, a great strength to my mom. The last She was basically my mom's nurse the last, gosh, week and a half, as well as my wife. Um, just the family was so strong at that time. But it is Christmas, and it's unbelievable. I've missed Christmas, right? It's like I know Advent was here, and I know it just kind of threw a wrench in things in the last two weeks. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Randy, for covering and doing a great job talking about rest and Mary's song. Uh, it's just great for you guys to step in. I mean, I call, text Randy, and I just said, can you do this? And that was like Friday or something, and he was like, of course. And so that means a lot means a lot for you guys to step up and do that. But I know a lot of things that we had planned with the kids have fallen through, and I know there's been a lot of turmoil, but we're going to just push on. It's Christmas, so this will be the Christmas message. We're going to go on. (laughs) So this morning, I'm going to talk about Christmas cards. I'm going to talk about photographs. I'm going to talk about God versus Superman. I'm going to talk about polysyndeton. Does anyone know what that means? Good. I'm not the only one. Uh, And then we're going to talk about the Word of God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. I know Randy touched on this in Mary's song last week, but we're going to be looking at it a little bit differently. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph and the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You're probably like me getting Christmas cards at this time and all kinds of different cards with people in their family. And they're saying, you know, Merry Christmas, uh, joy to the world, all these kinds of 
encouragements for this season. And these season's greetings are, are something that we get, and there's so many of them. Merry Christmas, you know, happy holidays. Or when someone says something to you and they greet you, you know, there's certain greeting, greetings that we're familiar with. Hey, how's it going? Right? There's some that have a little bit more of an ominous feel to them. Uh, Mr. Scotty, I have some news for you. You know, when you go to the mechanic uh, or something like that. Or, hey, Dad, are you sitting down? Um, There are certain greetings that have a tone with them. Well, this greeting by Gabriel to Mary was different. It was something that she pondered. What kind of greeting is this? I haven't been greeted like this before. It was unusual. It was a little bit perplexing. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. If an angel comes to you and says that, you're going to be perplexed, or at least I would. But she wondered what kind of greeting with this, and maybe that's why the angel said, do not be afraid, right? She had no idea, so he had to encourage her not to be afraid. Gabriel's greeting didn't make sense, and so she pondered it. And Mary does a lot of that. She wonders, what kind of greeting is this? And we start to see that there's a lot of things that she starts to wonder about and ponder upon through these episodes of Jesus' birth and child. So many strange things happen. She is given a lot to think about. In chapter 2, verse 19, Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's when the shepherds came to her and said, we saw the angels in the star. And so she said, what is this? She pondered these things. In Luke chapter 2, verse 51, Jesus goes off and he's there and he wanders away and they finally find him in the temple. And he says, shouldn't I be doing my father's business? And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. There are things that she held on to. There, there are things that she thought about. There's things that she remembered. When we were going through and putting the video together for my mom's memorial, we had tons of photo albums of pictures from when she was a little girl to when, you know, she was just weeks ago. And going through those, you would look at them and they would just evoke such memory. You know, see these pictures of her smile and you just would remember the smile or you'd remember the time if it was at a vacation or when we were at the lake and we would start laughing, just remembering all these things. And Mary is wondering about all these things. They're interrupting her mind. They're, They're forcing her to have focus in places where she normally wouldn't. And the word that's used for things there is literally words or things that had been spoken to her. And there's two different words that are translated ponder. The first means to reason, to figure out, to make logical sense of. And the second means to bring together ideas, to collect them, to to keep them, right? Mary did not just have an experience. She collected them and pondered them. Just like we were collecting pictures, she started collecting these words that were spoken to her and holding on to them. Have you ever held on to something that someone said to you? 
right? They, they promise something to you and you just hold on to those things or they say something to you and it touches you deeply. And it's almost like it's tangible, even though it's verbal. The depth of her thought life is revealed later on in her poetry in the Mary song that Randy touched on last week. And sometimes there's really no answer for the things that you're feeling. All you can do is think. There's no way to sort them out. All you can do is ponder. All you can do is entertain the thoughts. You you can't control the feelings that you have. And it can be a difficult thing, right? As you wonder about the people in your life, the circumstances that you're in and what you're going through. At my mom's memorial, there was a sign that we got. It just said, be still and know. It's a, taken from the scripture in Isaiah. And, and when I saw that, it just spoke to me, right? Be still and know. And I know it's be still and know that I am God. And, and for some reason, that just stuck with me throughout the week and going on into the week. And, and as it was there, I knew that, God was wanting something to say something to me and being still was gonna be a part of that. And so Tuesday, I went back to work because I had to and because actually I thought it would be a good time for me to just have some quiet time since I drive and I drive a total of like three hours to Woodland Hills and back. And usually I listen to podcasts or audiobooks or music. And I just, for this time, I was going to do nothing but be still because I knew God was asking this of me. And it was a special time for me because It allowed me time to process a lot of the things that were going on. It was healing, not because I experienced some great burning bush event, some extremely thing. I didn't hear a voice from heaven or things like that, but I was just able to be still and ponder. I was able to be still and wonder, be able to be still and think. I knew God had revealed to my spirit through those few words in scripture that he wanted me to settle in these thoughts. And so I had times that were deep. I had times of tears. I had times of laughter. And it was all just me being still and not occupying my mind with other things. And in scripture, Paul even wrote in Romans chapter 15, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scripture, And the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. It's an amazing thing that God can speak to us. It's an amazing thing that words can start to grow in our lives. And I don't know how this happens. I don't understand it. And it certainly doesn't happen to me all the time. And truthfully, there are a lot of times where I'll read passages in Scripture that don't speak to me at all. I'm just being honest with you. It doesn't mean they're not inspirational, but maybe they're just inspirational in different ways. But every now and then there's something that stands out, catches your attention and grabs hold of you. And it's as if God is pouring himself into your heart. And he's bringing peace and he's bringing comfort. And this is what's happening to Mary with these words that were given to her. 
They were things that she was able to hold on to. They were things that she was able to settle with, things that she was able to live with. And I want to point out what I think are some interesting things in this story. What I mean by that is the way that Luke puts this together. For example, Mary asks two questions that divides Gabriel's message in two parts. The first part in verses 30 to 33, he tells her what was going to happen. The second part in verses 34 to 37, he tells her how it will happen. Both messages begin with what would happen to her or you. This is what's happening to you. Then he explains that the child, who the child would become and what he would become, and that becomes the he. So there's you and he. And finally, Gabriel tagged someone else into the picture, and he formed her of Mary, uh, Mary of Elizabeth's pregnancy as well. And this was to emphasize a specific point to reassure Mary. Because he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. So he says, this is going to happen to you. This is who he is. And Mary is also, or Elizabeth is also pregnant. And that is going to be encouragement because nothing is impossible with God. Now, if you're like me, when I hear nothing is impossible with God, immediately I go into Superman mode. Right, He is faster than a speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. I know I'm dating myself with some of these things, but the whole idea is, okay, nothing's impossible. God has this power, has this strength. He's going to do these things, but I don't think that's the the motive or the feeling that's going on here. I think what Gabriel is telling Mary, nothing is impossible, is that he's trying to comfort her in the place where she's at and what's going on, that God is going to be able to see you through this. It doesn't mean everything is going to be easy. And the things that she is going to experience, it was going to be very difficult. It was going to be traumatic to her in so many ways. But nothing is impossible with God. He can hold your hand through even the darkest times. Nothing is impossible for God. He is able to reveal himself in the most amazing ways, in the most unimaginable times. Nothing is too difficult for God. Where are you right now? And you're needing to hear these words. Nothing is impossible with God. Right now, where you're at, what you're going through, nothing is impossible with God. We just prayed for Eileen and all the discouragement. Nothing is impossible with God. For our family and our loss, nothing is impossible with God. For maybe your marriage and the difficulties that you're having at work, nothing is impossible with God. You see, I think that's what he's trying to convey. It's not that God can do miracles. It's that God can be the miracle in your life in the presence of where you're at. And that's important that we understand those things. That it would not be impossible to go through all she would have to go through because God was present with her. And then something stood out to me that I found intriguing and something that I I hardly have noticed in Luke's gospel, and that's the word polysyndeton. Now, polysyndeton, spell it out there for you, 
is a literal technique in which conjunctions, like the words and, but, are used repeatedly in quick succession, often with no commas, even when the conjunction could be removed. It is used to change the rhythm of the text, either faster or slower, and can convey either a sense of gravity or excitement. It can also be used to intentionally overwhelm the reader, giving them very little room for mentally or visually breathing with the lack of commas. And it's Luke's way of repeatedly using the word and. Listen to how it's used here. In verses 30 to 33, you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give him and he will reign and his kingdom will have no end. Verses 35 to 37, the angel said, and said to her, the Holy Spirit and the power of the most high and for that reason and behold, even your relative and she will be called barren. It just goes on and on and on. The effect is to rush us through these things quickly as it builds momentum. It's like snowballing, where pretty soon it's going, it's going. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And Luke creates a feeling of excitement and of urgency of what's happening here by using this technique, by just layering it on top and this and this and this and this. We feel the bigness of what Gabriel's telling Mary as it is compounded with more and more and more. And as I was thinking about all this, all these ands, and they did not come to pass all at once. And though whether he's telling her, this is going to happen and this and this and this, but they didn't all happen at that moment. In fact, some of those things are still unfolding to this day. What would happen if all the promises that God has spoken to you were compounded? What if this energy, this excitement, was something that we heard and recognized? And the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. And the Lord is gracious and compassionate and patient. And the Lord will never leave you. And the Lord will never forsake you. And the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And the Lord will restore your soul. And surely goodness and surely mercy will follow me all the days of my life. What if we could embrace the compounding of God's goodness that is poured upon our lives day after day? Throughout our lives, this compounding of God's goodness is there. There should be an excitement. There should be a, a, a recognition of some movement in our lives. You see, this birth that has happened is creating movement. And the child was born and he grew and he gave his life and we are now living and it continues and it continues and the goodness of God does not stop and it continues in us to this day. Sometimes I become so constricted by time and focus, I only see how I feel. And I've been feeling in a funk, right? I've just been like, man, I don't like how I feel. I can't sleep and I'm kind of just distant and, and I know it's normal. My therapist told me it was, if it's, Five years from now and it's still going on, then we'll have another talk. But 
I need to get out of this blindness and see the and of God. See the goodness of God. See faithfulness in the past and the hope for the future. Because this story is not just about the child being born. It's about the life that God is giving to us. A couple more details that I think are intriguing. There's two times Gabriel says, behold. This is a visual cue. It tells Mary and us to pay attention. Both times it has to do with conception, Mary's and with Elizabeth's. Behold, or look at this, because both instances required a miracle. The last detail has to do with paternity. Jesus would be called the son of the most high. Behold, look, pay attention. You know, Abraham did not have a book of theology or scripture that he followed or studied. What he knew about God, he learned from his encounters with God. Each encounter brought new revelation. And each revelation, Abraham discovered a new way to refer to God. And so God became El Shaddai, God Almighty, or Yahweh Olam, the Lord Eternal, and Yahweh Jireh, the Lord Provides. One of the first designations he learned for God was Elan, and Elan, the doubling of the word Elan, Elan, it means word high, it intensifies, and it's translated most high. And he learned this from a priest who arrived from Salem, known as Melchizedek, who came and blessed him. Someday we're going to have to do a talk about Melchizedek. It's it's so intriguing. And notice that most high implies polytheism. If he's most high, there are gods under him. Someday we're going to do a talk on polytheism in the Old Testament too, because that's intriguing as well. Remind me of these things, okay, so we can talk about it. Yahweh is the God most high, and Abraham instantly latches on to his revelation given by Melchizedek of God being the greatest of all gods. And from then on, throughout the Old Testament, frequently we see this term used, most high God. And again, this didn't happen because he read it. It happened because he encountered it. His revelation of who God was wasn't static. It wasn't something that was just there. It wasn't words. It was something experienced. And what a shame it would be if Christmas was just a story we read, just a season that we celebrated and not a life we encountered. Everything in Gabriel's message points to the special nature and the greatness of Jesus that Mary was to behold. Take note of this. Experience this. And this is something that we are supposed to do. 
Mary has the last word in the conversation, and it's a very important word. It is her consent to God's purpose when she says, let it be to me according to your word. According to your word. It was a word that was spoken. You know, when I said that we were going to talk about the word of God, most of us probably thought the Bible. This is actually a great example of faith where she's not thinking about something that is written. She's thinking about something that is being spoken. The word is the word rhema in the Greek. It is something that is experienced. It is something that alive. We accept and trust the word that he speaks to us. We surrender to the will of a good and generous God, a God who knows the value of our lives and can lead us to the most meaningful life. I I think it is, what's the word? It's not a problem. I think it's unfortunate that when we hear the phrase, the word of God, that we think of the Bible, not because the Bible isn't inspired, but because we are losing the experience and encounter that is meant to take place. When the word of God took place, it was the gospel of Jesus that took place in our lives. It was something that was alive. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The scripture wasn't put together when that was written. So it wasn't referring to written words. It was talking about the gospel is alive and powerful. It is shaping our lives. Oh, oh, we learn about it from scripture, but there's an encounter that's supposed to be had with God. And we can definitely have it reading scripture, even as I just shared, but we can have it in so many ways. But if we close ourselves to limit things only happening a certain way, we're limiting the way that God wants to work in so many ways. She immediately rushed off to visit Elizabeth out there. She says, be it done unto me. She said, I'm all in. What you want, I'm in for. It's an incredible example of faith, right? It's an example of hearing something and saying yes to it and following it completely. And being pregnant, that's can't get more following it than that, right? She rushes off to Elizabeth and she went in a hurry as if she were driven to see her. And, and I was thinking about why did she go? Why was it so important? I mean, we we don't know. We can only speculate, but maybe she just wanted to keep her pregnancy a secret. And going away would help not allow so much talk in the area where she was living. At least for a while. It would keep it secret for a while. Maybe she wanted to validate her faith with what the angel said by going and seeing Elizabeth and seeing she was pregnant too. And it encouraging her that, okay, what he said is happening. And maybe she wanted to go to someone who would believe and understand and support her. You know that nothing is impossible with God too. 
And sometimes we need those people in our lives, someone who can validate and help us validate the experiences that we're having, whatever those experiences are. Someone who can tell us nothing is impossible with God. Maybe she went to Elizabeth because she knew she will believe me when no one else would. And she stayed there through the remainder of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Mary stood before God, surrendered to his word, word more than something that was written, his word that was active and alive. The word planted life within her, the life of Jesus. And it is capable of doing the same thing in us. This message is Christmas and the word that God is speaking to us still. The word that is planted into our lives and is capable of transforming us. Why are we here? Why do we get together? We don't get together to study a book. Paul's words, I think, explain it best in Galatians chapter 419. My dear children, for who I am again in pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's why we gather. We want Christ to be formed in us. We... we encourage one another. We, we look at scripture and pull from it the things that will help Christ be formed in us. We, we want transformation. We don't want information. We need change to take place. And that's what we want. We are here so that the word of God, the character of Christ can be implanted within us. We are here to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. And this is why Jesus was born and Jesus taught his disciples and Jesus gave his life on the cross and Jesus rose again and Jesus ascended and Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit and we are able to walk with God. Do you see, this is continuing. This is the work of God multiplying in our lives. This is Christmas and, and so much more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, may we never take this story for granted. May it never become stagnant. May it never remain words on a page and not be words of life. Lord, may we realize that we are part of this story that today we are the fulfillment of all the things that you were doing and are continuing to do and will continue to do. And may we trust you for the things taking place, recognizing that nothing is impossible with you. You are working even as you have worked and you will continue to work in the future. And we are grateful for that. 
And Lord, I want to pray for the people who are here and the circumstances that I am aware of, the, the difficulties that many people are having, the struggles that we face. Lord, I pray that in the middle of these things, you would prove yourself strong. Lord, not by changing necessarily the circumstances, but by changing us in the middle of them. God, have your way with our hearts. May we, like Mary, respond and say, be it done according to your word. May Christ be formed in us. That is our desire. We ask in your name, Jesus. Let's stand together. May you ponder all that God has said and done in your life. And may you behold what he is continuing to do. Merry Christmas and God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Christmas. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.